fan for fan line and blessings to you for checking out today's podcast all right um i like to start things off with saying that with this interview i'm going to be talking with an anonymous frontline worker and not just a um, frontline worker that you would think about you know normally when people speak of frontline workers, they talk about doctors, nurses, especially. But I want to talk about frontline workers who have to engage with the public on a daily basis. These particular frontline workers have to see the public as opposed to a nurse or a doctor there is a selected um a selection that they are assigned to whereas these particular frontline workers have to see or have contact so to speak with everyone that comes through their particular offices so with that being said i'm going to start with the first question and like i said this this frontline worker wants to be wants to uh, remain anonymous for obvious reasons. Now, it's going to be five questions. And my first question is, since this pandemic started, what changes have been made in the office that you work for? What changes in the office have been made that you work for? Um. I see that we see more less paid patients within the office um, because we're trying so hard to keep as many people from coming into the office as possible. Um, so that way we can keep everyone safe. Uh, I, I noticed that um, there's more cleaning within the office and you know that's for the you know to keep the spread of the COVID-19 down um and that's on everybody's part you know as far as us cleaning making sure everything is safe and clean limiting the amount of patients that come into the office um everyone has to contribute as far as making sure that temperatures and uh, are taken the COVID-19 questions are being asked uh, before people enter the office. Um, another thing, uh, a lot more work, and which makes it a lot more stressful. And so um, those are the things that I have seen as far as... Um, now, in what ways does it make it more stressful? It makes it more stressful because we're having to prepare uh, patients over the phone because 
we for the doctors to see um, because they're, like I said, trying to limit as many people from coming in, into the office as possible. What makes it more stressful is that a lot of people don't have uh, the technology as some have, especially the the older generation. Um, so we're still having to um, call the patients, screening the patients, asking questions. Uh, have they been exposed to anyone with the uh, coronavirus? Um, have they traveled outside of the state? Have they traveled outside of the country? And we ask those questions if they're coming in, even if they're not coming in, because we want to make sure that if they're sick, um, that we can direct them to a testing site to get tested. Um, we're having to all answer the phone to make sure that these questions are being asked um, properly. Um, to make sure that people understand, you know, the symptoms and things that they're having. Um, but that's what makes it stressful. Uh, I, I will say it's, it's even more stressful than the patients coming in because it puts more work <laughs> on us um, to get them prepared for the doctors. All right. Now, what has been the, the attitude of the patients? Have they been rude? Have they been? cordial or somewhere in between that? I would say both. Um, because if people think they're sick, um, they're going to get scared. They get scared. They want to know how they can get tested, where they can get tested. Um, if they've been around loved ones who have tested positive, it makes them nervous uh, and scared. Uh, thinking that, you know, is it going to be me or whatever. Um, then we have some that's just calm. You know, uh, they understand that, you know, we, we're we working and doing our best to help our patients. And one thing I like about our patients is that they even tell us that we're praying for y'all. Thank you for um, being there and for helping us. Um, we do get those patients as well. So it kind of helps, you know, with the ones that do kind of get rude or whatever, you know, and I, and I see that, you know, sometimes they get that way because they don't understand and because they are afraid. Give me an example of, um, of one that's been rude. Um, let's see. I don't think off the top of my head here. Have any thought to um, say lie or? We have had those patients to to lie, um, to tell us that you know whether they haven't traveled outside the state or if they are not having symptoms. You know, because sometimes they might not have all the symptoms. Even though they could be sick um, and have some of the symptoms, and say, for instance, they ask, "Do you have a fever, cough, shortness of breath?" So they they may not have a fever, but that cough and that shortness of breath may be there, and they may tell us one thing in the beginning, but when they get behind the scenes um, with the doctor, 
that's a different story. So we have had those that may say, you know, not having any symptoms, but when they get to the bed, yeah, they are. But um, I would say that was pretty much that. All right. Well, Fan Lion will be back after this message. Okay, we're back with the uh, Fan Lion interview. And I'm going to start with this question. There has been a lot of public support outwardly with commercials on TV and radio and many merchants giving support all in the form of thanks. But I've heard you say nothing has been being done monetarily. So my question is, what more should be done? Um. I I think more should be done as far as looking at um, the frontline workers, those who um, are there every day, not just in healthcare, but with um, the ones that work in the grocery stores, making sure that the shelves are stocked. Um, our frontline workers with the ambulance attendants and um, just anybody out there that's giving service um, that's worked during this whole pandemic because um, you it was $600 given extra for people to not work and to be safe. And there are a lot of healthcare workers and frontline workers I hear that um, are risking their lives every day. And we're being told that, you know, we're central, um, that thank you, um, but I think that thank you needs to go beyond um, just saying thanks. It, it, we should be compensated or, you know, for risking our lives, for coming in contact. So have you, So you're saying uh, you haven't been compensated? You, mm-hmm. have, you haven't, have you gotten a raise or anything like that? No, because there were a lot of people out here um, getting extra pay. Uh, those that work in um, factories and uh, even the ones that work in grocery stores, to be honest, uh, got extra pay um, per hour. Um, but those that work in health care, uh, nothing was done uh, to make sure that... Um, so basically all you've been getting is a pat on the back and nothing more. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Now, and this is in lieu of the question, uh, what about government subsidies? That what about government help? I know government has given towards um, various hospitals, but has that trickled down to the frontline worker? No, because most hospitals, from reading and um, been the information being given, is that uh, healthcare is in a deficit. Hospitals are in a deficit, so. Uh, basically, that money was to go toward helping the COVID-19 patients, especially those who didn't have insurance, um, masks and gloves and um, just the essentials that the hospitals may need to help cover um, these patients. And um, as you know, that there was a shortage. Uh, yes, uh, by the way, 
pertaining to the mask and the gloves and the ventilators, uh, all those things. So I, I, I can't, and, and I can see it on that part as well, uh, because we do have um, have people that that is not insured, and so the hospitals have to eat that cost. Um, but I think our government uh, should make sure that there's something set aside for the healthcare workers who have to be there during this um, this um, pandemic, just to make sure that, yeah, we're gonna give so much to the hospital, but then we're gonna give so much to those who have to still be there during the pandemic and making sure that people are taken care of, not just rely on the hospitals to do this, but to do, to set that money aside or just for those who still have to work. It was easy to do it for those who that had to be unemployed. So I think it can be easily done for those who are still having to work. Right, because I think you much much rather have some extra money in your pocket rather than a pat on the back and a thank you. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next question. There is a recent spike in confirmed cases in. You and fellow frontline workers, I've heard and seen, are exhausted. So, what can be done in uh, to, in some way, ease the stress? If you can think of anything on that matter, I would just say take some time <laughs> off. <laughs> take time off when you can to rejuvenate. Uh, because it, it it's, it's stressful in so many areas, but it's so stressful um, having to go in. And like I said, you still having to come in contact with people uh, that could be positive. You don't know what they have. Um, you still having to protect yourself as well as watching out for um, those that you're coming in contact with. So. Um, but it's just a mental thing because you you know that when you go out every day, um, you're working as hard trying to be protected of yourself as well as others. So I would say just make sure that you just take a mental break, take some time off just to recoup, and then so you'll be able to get back out there and keep fighting. Now I think I also needed to add before I say this. This last question, and your um, your position is my position is <laughs> can't get it out. I don't know why I can't get this out right now. <laughs> Must be the stress. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm I'm still trying to get this out, but anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll just go see the... senior clinic office specialist. All right. <laughs> All right, and last question. And what would you say to those who refuse to wear a mask? I would say to those who refuse to wear a mask. I would say, would you rather wear a mask or would you rather be on a ventilator? 
Because one thing about this COVID, this coronavirus, it is so, so, so much real. And it's not about taking away your rights as an individual. It's about protecting your life, protecting your family's life, and protecting those that you come in contact with. There's been so many deaths, and the numbers continue to rise. And don't believe all the hoopla that, you know, about, oh, I don't believe that the numbers are not real. I can tell you firsthand that those numbers are real, and people are being infected every day. Um, children, middle age, young adult, seniors, everyone's being affected. And this virus has no respect of person. So as much as you can, wear a mask. That's all we're asking to keep everybody safe. And hopefully this thing will be over soon so we can all get back to normal. I mean, because none of us like wearing masks. None of us do. And, you know, those who are still out here that's serving others, we're having to wear these masks all day long from the time we go in to the time we leave work. So if we can do it, then we just ask that you do it and just take every precaution that you can. Make sure that you wear a mask. Make sure that you're washing your hands and and keeping yourself safe. Um, Don't let someone close to you fall to this virus before you believe that it is real. Well, that wraps it up for this interview. I thank you for your participation. And also want to say to you, please get some rest. Thank you. I am actually doing that now. (laughs) (laughs) Please get some rest because you are much needed on the on the front on these front lines. Thank you. Most definitely. Thank you so much. Well that's it for today's podcast. Please feel free to comment and share. And if you feel led to give a donation, I gratefully appreciate your support. And I leave you with this word from Romans chapter twelve verse two. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Enough said.